Hi everyone, welcome back to Radical Hope Radio. I'm Lucy, a member of the Radical Hope team. Radical Hope was founded in early 2018 by Pam and Phil Martin, shortly after their son died by suicide. Radical Hope Radio was created to generate conversation that will help people feel connected by exchanging stories. We are committed to breaking the grip of emotional isolation. Today I'm talking to Kayla, Mark, and Isaac from the podcast Teenager Therapy. Teenager Therapy is a podcast hosted by five high schoolers talking about mental health and problems teenagers face on a daily basis. Hey guys. Hi. How is everyone? Um, I'm doing well, surprisingly. Yeah. Me too. I'm doing good. That's good to hear. Yeah, are you guys still in school? Well, to our schedule is, yeah, it's online school, but today we didn't really have um, all of our classes. We just go to one class, so school ended kind of early for us. Yeah. Okay. Not bad, though, after a long weekend to have class end early. For sure. Yeah. Has this new online Labor school... Day. Yeah, Labor Day. Has this new online school been, like, weird for you guys? How how long have you been doing it? Um, we've been beginning. doing it... Oh, you go. <laughs> um, here, okay. So we've been doing it for like four weeks now. I know this is our fifth week in, and um, honestly, I feel like I've gotten accustomed to it. Actually, I like it because we get to work on our own pace. Yeah. Ooh. Do you like it? Yeah, more it than definitely. Oh. Um. Um. Honestly, yes. Oh my oh, god, that's really? crazy! I, I did not like expect that. The you thing, can't talk to your classmates as much though. I know, yeah. That's the thing that sucks. But you know, there's always good things and bad things to everything. And like the bad thing to um to online school is that there's no social aspect, you know. Yeah, that's, that's true. True. Like the beginning it was kind of hard for me just because I don't know, sitting in front of my laptop for like hours was just kind of boring for me. But I definitely got used to it now. And like Mark said, like I do like that we get to work at our own pace and we do have more free time, I guess you can say. Yeah. But again, it's just not the same being in school and like seeing all my friends. Yeah. yeah. The breakout rooms where everyone <laughs> <laughs> no, the gets awkward sometimes, you know, I'm like always yeah. the one that tries to talk to everybody and like, yeah, they're so exactly. and they're all <laughs> muted. It's so awkward. <laughs> or they'll be funny. like, Oh, my mic doesn't work right now. I'm just like, okay. That's, that's a <laughs> lie. That's the biggest <laughs> lie. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I'm in grad school, so I like kind of get a little bit of that. But in grad school, like everyone's so serious, so like everyone enters the breakout room, and it's like, okay, so this is what we have to do, and this is the question we have to answer. And it's like so <laughs> serious. But mm-hmm. my siblings are in like college, virtual college, and they're like, oh my god, it's so uncomfortable, and no one takes it seriously. Everyone has their video off. I'm like, I feel kind of bad for the teachers and the professors. Yeah, yeah, I've seen videos like on TikTok of professors like looking so oh, sad yeah. because nobody has their camera on it and I feel like my heart just like it hurts for them it really uh-huh. does it's so sad I feel so bad well at least you guys have like more time on your hands and you can go on your own pace it's it's good to see the the good side of the virtual school yeah so how did you guys let's talk about teenager therapy how you guys got started um like why did you start and how did it all begin if anyone wants to tackle that well, originally, Gael thought of the idea because he listened to um, Casey and Candace's podcast, or Casey and Isat's podcast. I think it was called Couples Therapy. 
yeah, couples sure. therapy. And basically, they were just talking about like their marriage problems and just things that they were going through, and they were so candid about it. So Gael thought, well, there isn't anything like this for teenagers, and so the idea of teenager therapy came about. And then he asked Mark, Isaac, Thomas, and myself, and since then we've been recording. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he originally asked me when I went to go help with a video that he was filming. And then afterwards, we went to like a Target, like we were so tired and we just sat down. And then he just asked me like, oh, like, would you want to be in a podcast? And I was like, what? Because <laughs> um, before, like, I didn't really listen to podcasts. Like I knew what they were, but I didn't really listen to them. And so when he asked me, I was a bit like, oh, OK. Um, I mean, I guess so why not, you know? Yeah, I wasn't gonna get an offer like this anytime soon, so it sounds like a cool idea. So I accepted. That's really cool. That's such an and Mark. I know that you were a little bit hesitant, weren't you? Yes, 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 I was. <laughs> because you know, I I never listen to podcasts. I don't even know how to like talk to people. Okay, I mean, like like that, you know, or like have a <laughs> strong conversation with somebody. You know, I was not confident in the skills that I had. But Gael talked to me over it and like he told me that it's going to be okay because we're going to be doing this together. And eventually I said yes. And now we're here. I was happy you convinced you. I did not think you would because you were like so shy. Really? Yeah, I was a shy person, definitely. Yeah, I didn't know Mark was going through these like, I didn't know he was hesitant about it until like few months ago when you like brought it up in a podcast because yeah. mark and i were like basically strangers i guess no, you can we say. Never met. <laughs> yeah we had never met or like really talked so and then we met on the podcast and we've been friends yeah and do you guys feel like like obviously a lot in your podcast you talk about mental health and just like general problems that like kind of teenagers in your age group face on a day-to-day basis and do you feel like were you ever nervous? Like, okay, we're talking about mental health. People like sometimes don't want to talk about it. It can be kind of taboo. Or do you feel like your generation has kind of become more accepting and more like breaking that stigma um, around mental health and people are much more willing to talk about it? Well, in the beginning of the podcast, I was definitely like a little bit nervous and kind of guarded, I guess you can say, because even in like my family, we didn't really talk about you know, our mental health or how we were feeling. It was just something that wasn't really brought up. And same goes with my friends. We didn't really talk about that stuff. So on the podcast, when we were um, discussing those things, I did feel a little bit um, just nervous because I didn't know what their reactions would be like or how they would perceive um, me. But definitely now, I think that they're the stigma surrounding ment- mental health, it's definitely not as bad. I think teenagers especially are a lot more accepting and they're more willing to listen to other people when they're discussing mental health and, um, you know, expressing their feelings. So I definitely think that, you know, Gen Z, they're definitely making a difference in opening a conversation around mental health and just being open-minded about it because you never know what somebody's going through. Yeah. And I, um, for me, at least, like, I feel, I felt really nervous too, because I was scared of saying the wrong things, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I didn't want to hurt anybody or cause anybody to do things because of the things I said. 
But, you know, um, over time, like these is the podcast was like a medium for us to express our own opinions. And. And um, yeah, basically that like the podcast was a medium for us to express our own opinions. I was also definitely nervous, mostly because of the responsibility we had. Like a lot of people thought we were like mental experts, like therapists. And so I'd get a lot of messages about like really serious stories. And I was so nervous because my answer would have like a big impact on their life. So responding like the best way I could just had to be necessary. Yeah, and it can also be like a little bit nerve-wracking when you do get those DMs and it is a serious topic. You just you have to approach the situation very carefully and of course advice is subjective, so it's kind of difficult knowing what to say to them. Yeah. Exactly. Those are really good points. I feel like I'm like uh, I was born on that weird year that's like not millennial, not Gen Z, and I feel like I definitely relate more to Gen Z and I think most of my friends do. And we even in the last like five years and the way we grew up have seen like a complete shift, we think, in the way people talk about mental health. And there's not really a stigma anymore or as much of one as there was when I was growing up. Um, And now like there are so many people, my friends, people I don't really know, people like you guys who start podcasts and are way more open to talking about mental health and their struggles um, and resources out there for people to find, you know, like if you need help, reach out, ask for help, that kind of stuff, Um, which I think is a huge step in the right direction. Um, Because if, you know, if we didn't break the stigma, we wouldn't be able to help as many people as we can now. And even your podcast, I'm sure helps hundreds of kids, even just hearing like, that they're not alone in their struggles. I think that's a huge part of it is sharing stories. And I think a huge thing now is like conversations with our friends, right? How do we get to a place where we can have non superficial conversations with our friends and how do we get deeper and not asking like, Oh, Hey, how are you? But actually meaning like, how are you? Do you want to talk about something? Stuff like that. Do you guys have any like advice or do you guys like think about that ever? I definitely do. And I mean, to this day, it's still a little bit like I still sometimes don't know how to approach the subject. Um, Even if like I am in a podcast that basically just talks about, you know, vulnerable topics and and things like that. It's still kind of nerve wracking for me to bring up like, um, I guess you can say serious subject. But I think I don't know for me, I just kind of I say wait for the right moment, obviously, but I wouldn't. Uh, you know, like keep on avoiding it. Like, Oh no, it wasn't the right time this time. I'll wait till tomorrow. It's just like trying to find an in-between and then just, just bringing it up, I guess that that's what works for me. Um, but what about you guys, Mark and Isaac? Um, it all starts somewhere, you know, taking the initiative to open up, let's say with like your parents, you know? So, um, if you want to break that cycle of just being closed off, somebody has to start. And then you might as well have to start it because when you start it, then your parents could also start opening up and then it will like create a new cycle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Avoiding it, it's just going to like take a big mental toll on you because most teens are like procrastinators and stuff like that. Like they're not just going to eventually do it. And like Kayla and Mark said, you have to take the initiative 
because you can't always expect others to, you know, take like the first step. Sometimes you have to put in the effort yourself. And the first time you do bring something up like that, it definitely is. Well, the first time it's like the most scary, I guess you can say. But after that, it doesn't feel as bad or nerve wracking. So it's just really that first time that you just have to push through. And no matter how scary it feels, it'll be rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah, I would agree with that. And like the first time you kind of like, will bring it up and be like, oh, I struggle with anxiety or sometimes I feel really anxious. And one of your friends will chime in and say, oh, I literally feel the same way. Like I go through the same struggles. It's almost like that. Now you're like, okay, I'm not the only person who feels this way. I'm not alone in this. Like there's someone else out there. Maybe now we can talk about, oh, how do you cope? What are resources you use? And stuff like that. So I think it's so important to kind of like really break that ice with all of your friends, which I feel like we're kind of on the precipice of like making that the norm, um, I think is really cool and really important. And I think Gen Z, like your generation is like the pioneers of that, basically of being like such open books, basically like, and we can talk about social media too, and it's effects on Gen Z and it's effects on everyone's mental health really. But I feel like social media is one of those things. that's so, it, it has so much duality because on one hand it's amazing connection for kids and teens. Right. So like you can open up on social media and you can maybe feel safer behind a computer screen screen talking about your feelings and talking about your struggles. But it also has that kind of like double-edged sword where it's like on this, on the same hand, you kind of see everyone else living this like gorgeous, happy life. And you're like, okay, why doesn't everyone else struggle like I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you feel like, social media has like made people present this like like larger than life perfect world and like do you feel like there's a way to combat that do you feel like we'll ever get to a point where like it's kind of like make instagram casual again it's like do you ever think we'll get to a point where people are just actually themselves on social media i definitely think i see the most i guess you can say like modified or superficial posts on Instagram. I think that's where I see them the most. Um, but, and it's still on other apps like, uh, TikTok and Snapchat, but I don't know. It, it can be difficult to be seeing like, you know, pictures and you're, you assume that they're living such a great life and you're just thinking to yourself, like, what am I doing? I'm over here doing my calculus homework and a person the same age as me is, living in a house with a bunch of their friends, just making videos, you know? So it can definitely make me feel sometimes like, what am I doing? Um, but I think it's just important to remember that, you know, despite what they're presenting on social media, they're most likely going through something themselves, even if they aren't explicitly stating and talking about it, they're going through something. They have their own insecurities. They have their own problems. And they're just their own person, you know. I think comparing yourself to people on social media, that's it can cause so many problems with um, self-image and confidence and self-esteem. So it's just really important to remember that it's okay to be taking a different path than somebody else. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing it wrong. It just means that you're going a different way, and that's okay. 
I suggest that people should take a break from social media because a lot of um a lot of people, especially teens, get their validation through likes and comments and reposts and stuff like that, you know. And it could be really hard to break away from that. So taking a break from social media can allow a person to find happiness not in a virtual world but in the real world. Yeah, and like you were saying, to combat it, like having your whole social media be perfect and stuff, I think a lot of people today are just like, they don't really care as much and they're just posting like random videos, especially on TikTok. Like a lot of people aren't even trying to be perfect on TikTok. They're just posting like really like just dumb, crazy videos. And I think people need to stop being so scared of posting videos like that. Like, just express your true self. It doesn't need to be, like, some perfect dance or something like that. Just have more confidence. Yeah, I definitely think TikTok is, like, the app where I find myself, like, enjoying the most. Um, And recently, like, I don't know if you guys know her, but her name is, I think her name is Sina. Oh, Sienna, Sienna, or Sienna, 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 I don't know. I don't know her last name, but I'm pretty sure you know I'm talking about Mark. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of her videos went like viral um, because she she basically just like wasn't. How can I explain this? She wasn't trying to like put up a like a false perception of herself. I guess you can say she was she was basically just like being herself and like wearing you know what makes her comfortable. And I remember that video went viral and seeing the comments was just so like, it made me feel so happy because a bunch of girls were like, this made me feel so comfortable. Um, And it just made them feel so good about themselves. So at the same time, I definitely think that, you know, we're we're kind of getting to a point where people aren't so nervous to, you know, show a less superficial version of themselves. So it's just really nice to see videos where people are just being themselves really and, you really make a difference whether you realize it or not. Like you could just make a random video of whatever and people will probably find it entertaining. So it's just really nice to see things like that. Yeah. It's like those um, on Instagram where it's like, I feel like kind of a trend now to show Instagram versus reality. And it's kind of like Mm. those influencers who show like, Oh, this is how I'm posing on my Instagram and my like mirror selfies and whatever. But this is how my like body or my hair or my face naturally looks when I'm just like sitting there chilling. And I think it starts with like those people like influencers, right? Like I remember I'm not that much older than you guys, but Instagram Instagram didn't come around until I was like a freshman in high school and like even then we didn't have any sort of like influencer or like even you pretty much only followed like your five friends who were on the app that was it so I think like the rise and we're kind of watching the rise and fall of influencers right like people have put them on this pedestal of like having this perfect life but I feel like in the last like year or so with the rise of like talking about mental health as well is like now we're kind of saying to these people, you can't show this perfect life all the time. You can't show this perfect body. Like you're kind of, it kind of hurts the mental health of kids who are watching you and seeing what you do. And they think they have to have this perfect body and this perfect life. So I think we're kind of like watching that rise and fall. And I think to your point, I think we are getting to a place where TikTok, you do see it the most is like people are kind of just showing their, real selves. Um, and I think that, that we're going to move into a space of social media. That's like 
much healthier for kids to grow up in. Yeah, I definitely think it's just like the small steps, like you mentioned, like showing a edited version versus a non-edited version, a filtered version versus just a natural photo. I think just little things like that make the difference. And it makes people realize like what you see online is, is not what you're going to see in real life. You know, there's definitely like a duality to it. Exactly. And I think, do you guys feel, I mean, I definitely feel like my generation and younger has this unique, um, like aspect to mental health and a unique challenge that comes in, uh, with cyberbullying. So like even my parents or family members who are older than me, who didn't grow up with social media, didn't grow up with iPhones, like don't, completely understand um cyberbullying and kind of like where online hate either stems from or the damages it can do to someone you know you always hear those sayings like well I used to get like beat up in the hallway but it's almost like cyberbullying is a completely different beast and it brings up its own unique challenges that are arguably like much more detrimental to mental health exactly and I definitely see that on or for example, like I see it on TikTok where every few weeks or like every month, there's this new influencer that people just want to pick on. And I really don't know the reason behind it. Um, sometimes it's valid reason. Sometimes it's not. I'm not really sure, but it's just a pattern that I've noticed that every now and again, like there'll be a new person and it's just, everybody seems to pick on them. They're like kind of just ganging up on them. And even though like they may say like, oh no, we're just being sarcastic or we're just kidding. At the end of the day, like there's a person behind the screen reading those comments, you know, like they do have feelings, whether you realize it or not. And whether you can justify your, your little like remarks as sarcasm, I don't know. It can definitely be interpreted and perceived differently by the person reading them. So I think it's just, an important reminder that you, you don't know what they're going through, you know, just treat everybody with kindness. Even if like everybody, everybody just decides all of a sudden that, okay, this person is bad. I don't know. Just take, take a few like minutes just to realize, like, do you even know who they are? You know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's important to realize, you know, they're their own person, you know, like, that's yeah. just me. <laughs> like Charlie D'Amelio, like she was the biggest exactly. TikTok star. But there, she went through a time where everybody was bullying her, like roasting in the comments, yeah. and exactly. they were hating on her for no reason. That's so crazy. It was like at the end of November. Yeah, like they were hating on her, and then like I don't know if you guys remember her, but like Alex French blew up. Yeah, she got love, mm-hmm. a bunch of support. Yeah. And then they started hating on her for doing like the same thing in every video. And then they all started yeah. loving Charlie again. Yeah, it was weird. But, like, it was it's so weird. weird. But to be honest, it doesn't even have to be an influencer that people think is bad and stuff like that. I see a lot of videos where people are just like dancing and they don't, they don't have big accounts or followings. And they're still just made fun of for their looks. And it's just so easy to gang up on people, like especially on TikTok, because... It's just a comment. Like you don't yeah. have to show your actual face. You don't have to show like anything. It's not in person bullying where you're physically there. Mm-hmm. And I think just being able to gang up on people like that is just 
it's so much easier and so much yeah. more available and yeah. people yeah. could take like out their mob, stress that way yeah. too it's like mob mentality yeah. you know like That's people yeah because yeah, they want to be a part of something you know they want to like feel like they're important you get what i'm saying yeah I guess you, I guess. it's for the wrong reason you know it's like a bandwagon effect for yeah, example exactly. like, you yeah. see a video and the top comment is making fun of them then immediately like you see all these other comments like going the same oh, route yeah but if like, people like support ugh. them and everyone else supports yeah. them they don't like to stick out if mm-hmm. they're not supporting them they'll hate if they're mm-hmm. not hating they'll support it's like yeah. they can't decide for themselves yeah and that, i think it was oh sorry <laughs> i was gonna say like in that case cyberbullying can be so detrimental because instead of being one person or like a group of people it's like it could be like a whole it'll be a lot of people you get what mm-hmm. i'm saying it's, yeah, it's crazy okay. you'll never know who it is because some of the people who support others can like cyber bully others there's never just going to be like one person who just like is generally kind mm-hmm. yeah and isaac i think you was it you that mentioned alex french yeah yeah it reminds me of um ellie i don't know how to say i don't know how to say her Zeller? ellie Zeller. oh um, yeah yeah i remember yeah but basically people were hating on her so much just because she looked like charlie <laughs> Like, she can't change yeah, for, the way that dude, she looks. That's, I like, just, the biggest bandwagon I've ever understand. seen. Exactly. Like, it's literally... She can't change how she looks, and people are coming at her, telling her that she looks like Charlie. Well, there's a bunch of people in the world that are going to look like you. There's how many people in this world? Seven billion or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the biggest thing. there's going to be some similarities, but it doesn't mean that you have to, like, constantly be on their page and... Yeah. telling them all these mean comments because i mean i'm pretty sure i know that it's affected her negatively so again it's just important to be nice to people online yeah i think the biggest thing with cyberbullying is that it's mostly like just people being judgmental without like thinking twice and they really need to like have multiple perspectives and think what if someone was like saying i look like another person even though i'm just looking how i look like it's just so weird they don't they don't think about what would happen if they were judged as well. Like they would obviously be hurt yet. They're doing it to others. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and I think the community, the online space and the internet and different apps and stuff, like people are searching for community, right. And they're searching for validation. And I think sometimes that can get wrapped up in the negative. So like if you say something, if you comment something negative on something, someone's video, but you get 50,000 likes on your comment, even though it's mean, people might say, oh, but it's funny. So now you have all this validation for something that's negative. And now like the whole internet is just perpetuating this like negative cycle because, oh, it's funny or like, oh, it's like a hot take on someone's video. But like in yeah. reality, you're just, you're just kind of like bullying that person. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really hard. I think that's like something that it's also something that, you know, might not ever go away. It's something that we kind of all have to just like think about and try not to do ourselves and try not to say like, Oh, did you see her picture? Like, or did you see that she posted this? It's like most of the time when we're saying something negative or we're like commenting on someone negatively, it's like usually our own insecurities manifesting themselves so it's like sometimes I think about that when you think about like getting a mean comment, you're like, obviously that person must be going through something or they must be feeling insecure, or have low self-esteem or something, or else they probably wouldn't be commenting on this video or this picture. So I think that's mm-hmm. like an important like aspect to think about. 
And like sometimes even with myself, sometimes I'll catch myself, I'll, I'll be looking at video or whatever it may be. And then I catch myself thinking something negative about them. I have to stop myself. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, you don't yeah, know them. What are you doing? And so it's also important to be self-aware. Like, yes, you're thinking about it, but it's important to catch yourself and like, correct yourself. So I think that's what matters too. I think it's just natural to like judge things at first glance. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing is being able to keep it to yourself because some people have no self-control and just comment away like instantly. Exactly. Like the first thought they think they're typing it away without like giving it a second thought. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's so important to just like be self-aware. And like you said, like catch yourself. Like obviously not, we're not all perfect. And obviously like we're going to have negative thoughts but I think if we can just like be self-aware online and in real life too, um, and just like be like, Oh, that was like a negative thought. Or like, even when you say something negative to be like, you know what, like that wasn't cool. Like shouldn't have said that and keep yourself and your friends accountable. I think like normalizing, keeping your friends accountable is a really big part of like bullying and mental health and like making sure that not only are you like, like, spreading kindness but that your friends are too and I think we have to normalize kind of like saying to our friends hey like what you said like to that person or to me like wasn't cool it hurt my feelings like stuff like that exactly and it's just like informing other people too because sometimes somebody might not know that a certain word may be a slur or maybe offensive um and they don't know that and people will be really quick to like automatically they're like okay cancel them cancel them like they're done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I don't know. I feel like maybe they might not know about it. And obviously there's a t- like tons of resources on the internet that they could easily inform themselves. But again, I think it's also just informing them and letting them know like, Hey, don't say it again or don't do something again. That's really offensive. Um, and just something like that. And don't be so quick to just, um, dismiss them once they make one mistake, because we all make mistakes, no matter how big or small they are. And I think we all deserve, you know, to be given second chances. Yeah. Like normalizing, like someone learning something and changing their opinion or exactly. Yeah. Like normalizing like education rather than just like cancellation. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important point as well. Cause I think like, obviously someone can learn something and grow and change their opinion or change their behavior. I think that's more of a mark of like, like self-worth or mm-hmm. more of a mark of like being a good person rather than just like canceling them and never giving them a platform or a place to speak ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can switch gears a little bit if we want to just really quick. Um, so we're talking a lot of like, we at Radical Hope work a lot in like finding resources um, for, we mostly focus on like high school kids and college kids and talking about resources. So like when you think about it, unless you're like you have the money or the means to kind of get like top, like high end mental health care, like there kind of aren't a ton of resources that are out there in the open and really like easily um, found for kids that are kind of your age or even my age. So like, do you guys, do you see a lot of resources? Do you know of a lot of resources? Do you feel like that's like somewhere that like, it's kind of like lacking in the mental health field? I definitely think that there can be more resources. Um, 
resources that aren't as financially taxing, I guess you can say. Um, like, for example, in school, I know there's a counselor and I think we have a psychiatrist. I didn't know about that until last really? year, but no, I guess we have a... Same. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, they told me psychology. Anyways, um, yeah, we do have, like, those resources on campus, but I don't know. It can it can be difficult to go to a counselor because there's not that level of trust and comfort. Mm-hmm. Even, like, they, may, they might be, like, the sweetest person, but at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't really... They're, like, an adult and... It can just sometimes feel weird, um, but there's there's some online resources too, and maybe just finding like a little community online that isn't so toxic, I guess you can say, and just a safe place can be really um, comforting. Yeah, I feel like that's so... It's funny that you said like that you guys had like a psychiatrist or something and they were like, oh, that's the first time I'm hearing about it. I feel like my entire time being in school, just being in my community, like you have to actively kind of like look for resources or like look for help. And it's, I feel like sometimes that's a really hard thing to do if you're kind of like feeling depressed or really anxious. It can be like so taxing and really, really hard work to kind of like go out and like research at your school, like, okay, who at my school can I talk to? Or like, what is available for me in my community? Like, that's kind of like really hard work. So I think Mm -hmm. like there has to be like a kind of like middle ground or common ground where the mental health resources are kind of like more out in the open, easily found, like accessible for all students and all teenagers. So that like, at least there's help there that they know of. Yeah. And I'm not sure why they don't publicize like our school psychiatrist more often, especially with online school and like this, the change to just being at home most of the time, they should definitely, I don't know, speak about that more, but I'm not sure why they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with like the amount of information they're always giving us about colleges and presentations exactly. and slideshows, oh my gosh. Like, I oh think my it, gosh. how can they not at least give us one about mental health and like at least provide a list of resources like at our school. And I just, I think schools need to have like at least like at least one presentation, like for every class about mental health yeah. and have all the resources just listed. So the students know, because how many students didn't know about the psychiatrist? Like everybody. probably a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. And Isaac, how you're mentioning about like the college presentations, and I don't know, like hearing those things can be really overwhelming because well, we're seniors, um, so like we're applying to colleges. So yeah, just hearing all those due dates and everything I have to do is just it can feel very overwhelming. Yeah. But, and then I don't hear about the psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that other people are going through similar feelings and mm-hmm. to learn that there's somebody that they can go to on campus. I'm pretty sure that would be a really comforting feeling. And they could like the counselors could send emails or even like put in the announcements. To yeah, like um, spread awareness. Apparently. Yeah. And you guys are seniors. So like the transition from high school to college is like such a weird one. And I feel like even if, like college freshmen don't need like a psychiatrist or they don't need like outright like therapy. Like I feel like 
there still needs to be some sort of support system, right? Like some sort of place where they can go and they can be like, um, I walked into the wrong classroom today and like it was a classroom of 50 seniors and like it made me like so uncomfortable. Just a place where you can kind of talk about that where like all of that is encompassed in mental health, right? Like anxious about your first day of classes or where you're going to go and like, or making friends, like the social aspect of it all. All of that is mental health. And I think sometimes students like don't feel like they can reach out for mental health help because they say like, oh, I'm not depressed. I'm not anxious. Therefore, I don't qualify for any mental health help when really like basic social anxieties or anxiety about class is kind of like all encompassed in that. Yeah, it's like such a broad range and people are often focused on just the the terms that they hear the most. And so I think that's why they're so quick to dismiss possibly like their own mental health because they they think, well, no, I'm not dealing with depression, then my mental health is fine. I'm doing fine. But really there's underlying issues that go behind it. Yeah. And college is such a place for relationships too, like friendships and romantic relationships and like learning how to navigate all of that is so important for those four years of college and like relationship struggles are kind of like the root of probably so many mental health struggles on college campuses, either like not getting along with people or not finding your like core group of friends or feeling left out of things or missing your friends from home. And all of that like seems to fall through the cracks sort of when it comes to mental health help. Yeah. And I think a part of college is often romanticized, I guess you can say, or it's just in your head, it can, you kind of create this version of it where everything is all good. You'll make so many new friends, but I have seen videos of like YouTubers and stuff where they depict college as a lonely place because there are so many new people. So at the same time, it can be very nerve wracking to try to make new friends, especially if you do struggle with like social anxiety and stuff. So yeah, college can be scary. I wouldn't know about it, but I'll know next <laughs> year. So It's not scary, I promise, but it, it does help to know like, like you said, like if people could give you a list of resources or like if you knew like during finals week that there were going to be puppies in the library, like that would, that would be great to know. Like at least you could go <laughs> de-stress for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and pet some puppies. And like for some people that could make like literally all the difference in their finals week, you really never know. So yeah, I think that's really interesting, but I don't be scared of college. I promise like you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully I do. So last thing, you guys don't have to, but I feel like you all give kind of like very like sound, really good advice for like high schoolers and that age. If you, if you wanted to say like anything to a young person listening right now about like reaching out for help or like just anything having to do with like their mental health, what would it be? I would say reach out to a friend like right now. Go text him, call him, ask him how their day is, and just acknowledge that you're there for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I would say, you know, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. And if you're having any problems with friends or family, just go ahead and talk to them right now because the longer you take, the more stress and problems are just going to build up in your head. So just please take the initiative. I know it's scary, but you need to put the effort in. Yeah, 
well, basically, like, the first time is definitely the most scary and the nerve-wracking. But after that, you'll find that it's not as nerve-wracking as you once imagined it to be. And if you don't have friends or family that you feel like you can rely on, just take some time out of your day to do something that you really enjoy, something that you don't find to be so mentally draining or taxing on yourself. It could be something like painting, maybe just watching a Netflix show, taking a walk. Um, Yeah, I just think it's important to take some time to just do things that you enjoy and make you feel good about yourself. And eventually that'll make all the difference because you'll realize, you know what, days aren't so bad. It'll eventually pass whatever you're feeling, even though sometimes it feels like when is this going to end? It will eventually end and hopefully you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. I really love that. I'll love all of them. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today on Radical mm-hmm. Hope Radio. Do you want to of tell course. everyone? Do you want to tell everyone where they can listen to Teenager Therapy, where they can find you on social, all that stuff? They can listen sure, yeah. to Teenager Therapy on Spotify, all of our Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Teenager Therapy. Oh, and Apple Podcasts. can't forget apple podcast well thanks everyone so much for tuning in to radical radio we hope you learned something here and will continue to join us for more information about radical hope please visit radicalhopefoundation.org and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at radical hope underscore fdn you can hear more of these podcasts on itunes spotify and your amazon alexa until next time stay connected stay safe and remember hope is here